0: Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron
1: on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this
2: content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to our first episode of 2019. Yes, we're back after a bit of a break Uh, during December. We're on episode 170 now, and as always, I'm your host, Tim, and joining me is Dane. Dane, what's up?
1: Uh, You you know, we we took this break, right? Mm. And you figure, you know, we take some time off and relax and, you know... I don't know, do something else, right? You would think. That's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to get sick right before
2: Uh, we came back. Well, that's the last thing you want to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Because, yeah, pretty much, we were off for about almost a month, I would say, by the time it was into this episode. It would be kind of close to a month. So hopefully you didn't get sick at the very beginning (laughs) uh,
1: yeah yeah um, definitely towards the end
2: of our break
1: which is (laughs) which is terrible because i gotta record this this podcast
2: (laughs) well i will say you don't sound like you're getting over a cold you don't have that nasally congested sound to your voice so okay good that's good at least at least to me you don't
1: (laughs) yeah but I'm just hoping that this comes across good. I'm not
2: coughing or sneezing or yeah. choking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't want you, you know, collapsing on the other end. Though <laughs> <laughs> so it would make for an interesting section on the episode. Not going to yeah, lie, I wonder <laughs>
1: what you would do. I mean,
2: Would you like? I like, would. Like,
1: Dane, Dane, are you are are, are you still there? <laughs>
2: yeah, you're right. I, I would immediately, or I. After I give you the first you know, check-in, I'll have to call 911 and <laughs> see if they can send the medical emergency from Hawaii over to your house.
1: Yeah, I wonder how that would work. You'd have to call your 911 to my 911. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I, I don't have your address. So. Yeah. <laughs> if I give them your phone number, they'll be able to find you. But. <laughs> uh, see, we should plan out, you know. For Batfan's emergency, oh, like in yeah. case of emergency <laughs> protocol, what to do if one of us collapses, or well, there was that episode. There was a, I had an earthquake while we were recording. You know? <laughs> oh right, right. What if there's a really big one and I just lose connection with you? You don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and
1: maybe we should have Batfan's emergency contacts. Like yeah. <laughs> at work, you know, like oh, if you don't hear from this person, call this person. You know, exactly.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Already planning for a safer podcast for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of 2019, it's a new year, and that means it's a new name for our show. Yep. So we said in our last episode how we wanted to keep it kind of a shorter one this time after uh, Jordan from Smallville, Batcat, Shipper, and we had mark tiberius lemke one year I and mean before the easiest one was that was just alex <laughs> you know, yeah. one word that was the easiest one to remember <laughs> it just rolled off the tongue quite easily so going back to something that's not quite that short but something that'll be pretty simple and cited for 2019 since it's going to be a year where a lot of the stuff we like is you know it's going to be the end for quite a few of their stories to telling star wars episode 9's ending the skywalker saga game of thrones is ending this year Avengers Endgame, which is kind of going to mark an end of an era for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's some things that are wrapping up, but you know what? We're still continuing on with our podcast. So the name for 2019 is Batfans. Yes, we're still here! Exclamation point! <laughs> <laughs>
1: exclamation point! Well, you forgot the colon in the space. The oh, Batfans colon that's space. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, that's going to derail the whole saying the name right, rolling right, right off the tongue. <laughs> we got to say Colin's face. Yeah,
1: and, and we did say we'd keep it short, so yes. maybe just Batfans, blah, 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 right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, that might not be bad for a future episode title, or future show name, Batfans, Batfans, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but for right now, it's Batfans, yes, we're still here, and yes, we'll be here for 2019 and hopefully beyond, but... Before we get into the thrust of our episode, our first one of 2019, we got to start it off as we always do, which is our Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute commentary. And we're one episode away from a landmark game. I mean, we're just going to be a minute away from the two-hour mark, so (laughs) it's going to be a big one next episode. But for this one, we are going from minute 150, or I should say minute 118 through 119, the hour and 58-minute mark. So as always get your relevant media formats dvds vhs Betamax tapes laser disc your hd dvd your blockbuster video membership card your netflix physical media our favorites your vhs to dvd converter and i don't know did anything go out of date in 2018 as we're in 2019 now <laughs> Blue, we mentioned blu-ray from time to time but that still you know hasn't been fully done away with by 4k yeah. but well,
1: I'll tell you this, Tim. Um, over the holidays, I decided to buy a new TV. Nice. Getting into and, the 4K? Um, I went from a 36-inch TV, right? Mm-hmm. And I had my eye on a 50-inch TV, uh, Samsung. I... So 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 we we go down to Best Buy right, and we're looking at the fifty inch TVs, and we're, you know, checking out the Samsungs, and we're checking out the LGs, and we're checking out pretty much everything that Best Buy has to offer, right? Mm-hmm. But then we start talking to a sales representative, right? <laughs> and guess what? We walk out with
2: like an 80 inch tv <laughs> a 70 awesome,
1: uh, a, a 70 inch uh oh, samsung nice. uhd 4k tv <laughs> <laughs> nice well
2: big congrats
1: Dane, man yeah that's, that's awesome <laughs> it's it's almost too big <laughs> but uh yeah it's 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 a great tv um Man, those Best Buy people know how to sell TVs, yeah. <laughs> uh, t- talking to you. Um, so, so what What I was thinking, Tim, yeah. was regular 1080p TVs.
2: So you weren't even thinking about 4K? Wait, 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 what do you mean? No, you said you were just going in thinking like regular 1080p TVs. So I was, were you like, oh, like thinking of else. getting a
1: 4K TV? Oh, it,
2: uh, I
1: was thinking about getting like a high definition TV, like a, like a like a 4K. So yeah, I went in for a 4K. But um, what I was thinking to add on to our list was regular 1080P. Oh, okay,
2: I gotcha. View <laughs> through
1: 1080P TVs.
2: Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I was yeah. just caught up in you getting your new TV. I thought that's what you were still talking about. <laughs> but, No, that is a good call. <laughs> but but
1: it is great because it's a smart TV, right? And it's 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 great to have one that you don't need the uh, – we had a Roku, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's great to just have it all on one thing, you know?
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure the DC Universe app still isn't on, like, your smart TV. <laughs> you might need your Roku for that, so <laughs> – Yep, it's 2019, and I'm still going to be complaining about that because it's still not on video game consoles. Yeah. So it better be soon this year. <laughs> Young Justice has already started; and it. they're like six episodes, in and I haven't seen one yet. But I was tempted to get to sign up for it during like the holidays because they were saying they had like a sale where it was like only four bucks for like the first three months after you sign up. But like, I still don't want to watch these on my Damn, iPad. So just,
1: just get it already. You can watch it on your computer.
2: It's not. I don't want to watch it on my computer. I want to watch it from my. Comfy recliner on my big TV screen. TV not not a seventy inch, but <laughs> in my room, a big enough TV. Where, where, like, where... I was like, I want to enjoy them. And at this point, I waited this long enough. And it's just going to be so, you know, it's going to be something that's going to be so enjoyable when they when they do finally announce it's on the PS4 or an Xbox. And it'll just be yes, it was worth the wait, and I'll be able to enjoy those shows.
1: <laughs> Here's what you do, Tim. Just get get a laptop. Get an HDMI cord, hook it up to your TV, and play it off of your computer on your TV.
2: See, yeah. I've heard I've heard that suggestion before, and yeah. I've been thinking of it. But I was like, "There's something that's in the back of my mind that's going to say, you know what? The quality's probably not as good as it's going to be going from your computer to your TV. It's going to oh. look good and fine probably, but I think there'll probably be a, somewhat of a noticeable difference if I just watch it directly through whatever system I'm using it for through the app, but. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of being the little <laughs> what you want to call it, but <laughs> being a little too um, nerdy about it. And as yeah. far as quality goes, and just I don't know. But I, I waited this long; I can wait because I remember them saying 2019 it should be. You just don't know when. So hopefully it's soon.
1: You know what I was thinking? Um, completely unrelated to the
2: D to to the
1: DC thing or uh, 4K TVs or whatever, but. Y- you know how like like it seems like everybody's everybody rallies for like the um the coal miners, right uh-huh and like, oh, you know, we can't let the coal miners go away because it's such a part of you know America right, or whatever it's weird that we didn't apply those same feelings towards blockbuster employees. <laughs> or video store employees, right? I mean, we we we, we kind of just let them go.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And, I mean, and you you think about Blockbuster and how big Blockbuster was, so they were a big employer back in the day, right? Yep. So it's, it's 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 weird how like we just sort of forgot about or just let them go, you know?
2: Yeah. It would be nice if you know Netflix is a big enough company where a lot of them could have went from Blockbuster to Netflix. <laughs> That's not pretty much what killed them, but I'm sure it wouldn't be able to help all of them. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah, That's a type of employment and employees that we're never going to see again.
1: Yeah. S- same thing with uh, video game stores. You know, I, I kind of see the same thing going on with
2: that. Yeah, I mean, GameStop, I wonder how long they're going to last. Yeah. We I mean, just talk about some like companies trying to buy them out. Oh, I don't really? know which companies, but I thought I heard something like that not too long ago. So it just... Mm. The way things are going digital, it's just almost a matter of time, I would think.
1: You know what's super weird? Y- you ever go to a, like a, I don't know, like a strip mall that's not near you, that's far away, and, you know, you just want to get something to eat mm-hmm. or something, and the, the entire strip mall is empty storefronts, but there's always a GameStop there. There's always a GameStop <laughs> open, and there's always... A subway,
2: yeah. I think more so subway than GameStop, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's so weird. It's like,
1: how do those two survive in an empty strip mall? You know?
2: Yeah, I could. Yeah, subway. You know, it's something to eat. So if you're just right. drive out, if it's the only thing there, you would still go to it. But <laughs> I know yeah. what you mean, though. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I don't think Subway's going away anytime soon. <laughs> oh no,
1: no way! And plus, too, like Subway is smart. You see, like. You know if you go to r v s or you go to like a jack in the box or McDonald's or what have you right they mm. build their own stores right same uh-huh. thing same thing with what Pizza Hut used to do they used to have the restaurants and they they would build their own stores whereas subway they just go into a strip mall and like anything can become subway, yeah, you know. They, they don't have to build their they they didn't get into the habit of building their own buildings.
2: Hmm. Well, oh, that's true. I'm trying yeah. to think. That they're just like a standalone subway building that I've seen, and none really come to mind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You see, I think that was the fall of Arby's, really. Because... <laughs> well, I still got
2: Arby's by my house. But... Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Do you go there still... often? Yeah. Oh, I, that that's one thing I miss about. Uh, I mean, that's that's one thing I miss. You know, is, <laughs> is, is Arby's. No nah, everyone,
2: here. Yeah, everyone jokes about like they're like the bottom of the fast food chains. <laughs> everyone jokes about their food being horrible. They're actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, their um, curly fries are really good too. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah,
2: curly fries and a shake
1: can't go it, wrong with that. Uh, better than Jack in the Box, I'd say.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that too.
1: Yeah, I I heard it's because they change their oil uh, like every day.
2: Mm. So well, it's like a fresher oil. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> you would like to think most fast food places do that, but I guess not. Yeah, I mean,
1: you see, Arby's went the way of Blockbusters.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess in your area.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, at least here. (laughs) You know, like, Blockbuster was, you know, the biggest thing in the world, and then all of a sudden, they started to lose market share, lose market share, market share, market share, until... There was nothing. There, there were no no more blockbusters. Same thing with Arby's.
2: Uh, I just don't think Arby's was on top of the world quite like Blockbuster was, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe you can. It's a small comparison, but thankfully I don't know. I can't relate to that because I still got Arby's. So. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I just had it a few days ago. Dang it, Tim!
1: You, you see, now you've got me jealous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've really got me jealous because that's ah. Uh, I mean, there's only one here. There's one Arby's, but it's far away. So it's like I'm Out not going to drive. For... Like
2: you'd have to eat it there to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's in a mall, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my condolence to you, Dane, yeah. and lack of Arby's restaurants. Ah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I guess that was a big detour off Dark Knight Rises made up oh, by right. in commentary <laughs> formats. <so. laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess we'll be adding just standard 1080p tvs to that yeah <laughs> but anyway i'll go ahead and give the countdown for the minute for the hour and 58 minute mark so dane are you ready are you watching it on your brand new 70 inch tv uh, unfortunately <laughs> no i'm watching it on my ipad <laughs> all right so i'll give the countdown with three two one go i actually pit pause and play real quick so I paused it again but I should be back going you know, <laughs> as they're making their way towards the ice or I should say death by exile part of me thinks you know the ice is so fragile here maybe you should just run for it <laughs> see how no far way. you get just by no running way. you have to shuffle
1: you have to shuffle your feet on this thing man
2: like, but look how for, like little distance he got walking there he <laughs> barely made it so like if you just ran, maybe you could have, the eventuality is going to be the same. <laughs> just see so if you could have made it a little further by running. Or
1: get a running start and slide. Maybe, and Yeah, I'll there you like... go. There you go.
2: And just kind of do like a slow, maybe like kind of swim your way across the ice. <laughs> You'll move very slowly. But And Foley's not showing up for the meeting. So Gordon's going to get him at Foley's house. And that's where we're going to end things, right here. Oh, it's going to happen to Foley, Tim. Will he? His wife answers the door. Will he come to the door? Will Gordon knock some sense into him? Find out as we hit the two-hour mark on our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to miss it. <laughs> so, yep, that's it for our Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute minute commentary, our first one of 2019. And I was just thinking, is there a possibility we may finish it this year? I think we're going to come just under it because movie is two and a half hours i finally got it Two forty five. i think 245 yeah. okay so yeah we're definitely not finishing it this year <laughs> i was gonna say because we sometimes we average around like well 20 like between 20 and 25 episodes a year depending if there's some circumstances where we're not able to record a certain weekend but i was saying if it was like in the two hour two hours and 20 five minute mark we might get it but i don't yeah. remember that it's like it was like easily two and a half hours but then you said two hours and 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> definitely not
1: how long is uh the last jedi that's like
2: 250
1: no it's hmm. it's around two and a half okay i think we should do that one next <laughs> that would be a good one yeah minute by it's... minute i mean you're you're not doing it a doing it on the the saga, saga continues podcast so no <laughs> we should do it here
2: <laughs> yes well i'll give a little tease where this year we're planning to do full commentaries for all the movies leading up to episode nine. Oh, great so definitely not minute by minute but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that'll be something to look forward to in 2020 so it's like we'll might get started if we do the Last Jedi, that might not be till 2021 or somewhere in the middle or the end of 2020 when we finish the Dark Knight Rises. Wow, yeah, t- <laughs> 2021, 2020. Uh, so it sounds weird saying it, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, we've it's, got to enjoy 2019 while it lasts.
1: It's a momentous occasion whenever it happens. Yes. But um, speaking of movies, I was I was rewatching uh, Batman 89,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and did you? see it re-released
2: in theaters it wasn't a technical re-release but just earlier in the year where my local theater has what they call tuesday night classics or every tuesday night they show classic movies and batman was on there that's where i finally got to saw it in the theater how did it look did it look really uh good or it looked good as, as far as what i was used to and how the blu-ray transfer is yeah so it looked how i was expecting it to oh
1: it was just a blu-ray they played mm. oh pretty much yeah yeah, you see, I'm, uh, I mean that's the only one I haven't seen in theaters, right? So mm. you're just wondering how that would look in theaters, like if you were to actually watch the the film rather than the Blu-ray.
2: Oh yeah, Well, uh, I'm thankful for what they use because I wanted to see it in you know HD quality, so <laughs> it looked good on the big screen. I will say that.
1: Uh, one of the coolest Batman interests, uh, uh, I think.
2: There's he has quite a few in the movie when you think about it. <laughs> The first one where he just slowly comes down against the two robbers, then his entrance into the museum, and even the chemical fact, all his entrances were good, <laughs> when you think yeah. about it.
1: You know, in the beginning, how they're saying like, oh, I heard blah, blah, blah died, right? Uh, so that
2: guy is dead? Well, he Maybe, but maybe it wasn't because of Batman. Oh, you know, It's part of the urban legend that's growing about Batman.
1: Yeah, right, right. Okay, I was just wondering. But
2: but again, Batman kills in that universe, so maybe he did kill. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so speaking of things you did, Dane, seeing Batman 89 recently, um, for our feature topic on this episode, it's pretty much going to be a catch-up on what we've been up to since our last episode. Like as we said in the beginning, we were off for a month, hopefully doing some fun things while we weren't recording a podcast, and... I, there was a big acquisition you got, Dane, after we recorded our last episode. I've been anxious to talk to you about, and one of the things you've been doing right. since then, which is you got a Nintendo Switch. Finally. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you on a s- few episodes ago that you should get one, and like kind of edging you on, yeah. and you got it.
1: I actually picked it up the same day we got the TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, Perfect. And guess what? Guess which one I've been using more, Tim. <laughs>
2: The handheld version of the switch. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've been, I, I've been using the switch more than I've been using the, the
2: TV. Any now, particular reason is that because you're on the go or you just like it that way or how come? Uh,
1: I guess with a larger TV, a 4k TV and I, a uh, a friend from work was telling me that, uh, or, or what you can do to kind of prevent this, but um, with the dock and projecting it on the TV, there is a dropping quality that like you can see it. Um, but what what my friend from work was saying was, you can get a Xbox and plug your switch your Switch dock into the Xbox, plug your Xbox to the TV and you can play it through your Xbox, and there's no drop in quality. Huh. See, I never
2: heard of doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I, I'm, don't quote me on that. I uh-huh. was just told that. but <laughs> 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 um, That's what I heard. I mean, and there is a kind of a drop in quality. But that being said, I have been having problems with Nintendo since the Wii. <laughs> I just didn't get the system. Um you know, idea wise or and I, I didn't physically get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um last Nintendo console I own was a GameCube. I just didn't like the the Wii. Um first off it's a terrible name for a console. <laughs> <laughs> man, was, that was
2: such a big joke when they first yeah. announced it, but man, it it worked in the end, I mean it really caught on. <laughs> it becomes such a Right. Big selling system. The name, you know, was so recognizable for what it was all about. So it sounded strange at first, but man, it worked for Nintendo.
1: Yeah, it didn't get the Wii, um, partly because I didn't really understand what it was. Was it a controller system? Was it a motion control? Was it both? Was it <laughs> what? What was it? Um, and they didn't really have any good games on it. Uh, it was just the first party Nintendo games your Mario's your Zeldas uh just didn't really didn't really impress me, right? Mm. And then they come out with the Wii U which I and this seems to be a problem that everybody had with it. You know, what was it? Yeah. You know, like was it a gamepad? I mean like I originally thought it was just a gamepad where it's another controller is is the, the the you still use the Wii console the original Wii console but you have a new controller for it okay uh, that's what i thought it was um didn't really know what it was um
2: and apparently no uh, everybody else didn't either because it didn't sell that well you nope know, and talk about a lack of library of games even on their first party front it wasn't nintendo's greatest <laughs> uh library of games for a system. Of course, they had some good ones on there, but right. compared to some of their all their other systems, it was lacking. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what I'm kind of interested is,
1: what did you think about the Wii and the Wii U?
2: The Wii, I mean, I was interested to see how the motion controls worked. And of course, being the big hardcore Zelda fan that I am, I knew I had to get it just to play the new Zelda games. I'm kind of like that with most <laughs> Nintendo systems. But um, the Wii was never a go-to system of mine. I just would play the few first-party games that were on there. But the graphics, since they weren't HD, it was just, you know, they were really behind oh, the times. Right. Yeah, that's it right.
1: The, the original Wii didn't yeah. have HD graphics, but the, the, the Wii U did, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was hard to look at so, those Wii games now. <laughs> <they> didn't age <laughs> Well, GameCube games look a lot better. Honestly, they do. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Then the Wii U kind of got excited because at first... It, HD Nintendo console. That's awesome. But it's kind of like, is it, you know, they had that pad, but it didn't, the functionality was it to me, wasn't utilized as well. I don't know, I shouldn't say as well. I just don't think they needed it in the first place. And it was big and
1: bulky, right? Yeah. It it didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. It wasn't like a sleek looking thing. It was just Mm -hmm. like a big piece of plastic,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the weird thing about that, you can only get it when you bought the console. They never sold it separately. Right. So for like two players to play it. So it's just weird how they used it. And uh, my brother got a Wii U. I never got it. So I would just play his time oh. to time when it came to Smash Brothers. And um, they never had a new Zelda game for the Wii U. I mean, uh, Breath of the Wild came out for the Wii U when it came out for the Switch. So I just waited and got the Switch version, which is obviously going to look a little better. But they, the only thing I'm waiting for that for the Wii U that I hopefully gets ported to the Switch is the HD uh, remakes of zelda the wind waker and zelda twilight princess i want to play those again so i'm hoping that they put those on the switch because the wii u i that's probably the nintendo system i i played the least out of all of them even despite having hd graphics and for the reason like i said not the best library of games that they had so yeah
1: so 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 how do you play the play with the the wii u controller do you just hold on your lap or do you
2: you could if you wanted to, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I just hold hold it in my hands. But um, it wasn't comfortable. Yeah, and and how does the dual screen uh, screen work? I never really played enough to utilize it. So <laughs> I mean, I imagine for like Zelda games, it act as your map. Yeah, but for certain other games, I don't know. I never really used it. Yeah.
1: Well, anyway, um, yeah. So the Wii U came out. Didn't get it. Um, didn't understand it. Um, and then Nintendo kind of went in the mobile direction, right? The the the, the iPhone games and the Android games. A few of them, yeah. Um, Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon it, Go and uh, Super Mario Run.
2: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: and then I started to kind of get it. Like, I mean, I didn't play Pokemon Go, but I I did play Super Mario Run, and I I started to get it. You know. Okay, so they're taking a new direction. They're gonna go into the the mobile marketing game, right mm-hmm. um, and then the N- Nintendo switch comes out, and again, like I don't understand it like <laughs> like what like I, I I thought Nintendo was going one way, and then they announced this this handheld slash console right mm-hmm. and Again, I didn't get it. I was like, why are you guys reverting back? Because you you, you don't understand consoles in the, in the current generation, it seems like. Um, ever since the GameCube, it's like, you guys don't get it. Uh, I don't know, I, ju- I, I just didn't understand what it was. And, uh, Tim definitely understands, <laughs> <laughs> uh, A, what it is, and B... My confusion about it because I kept on asking him questions. And And when you first got
2: it, you were sending me tons of texts. What does this do? Where's the Docker? What comes with the Docker? What are these? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, even before that, I was like, well, with the the Nintendo Switch, can you blah, blah, blah? Or is this game on there? Or, you know, is, you know, just a lot of questions about the the Nintendo Switch. And, you know, I. I just decided to get it, Tim. Uh, so <laughs> I, I just bought it from from Best Buy. I, I bought uh, Breath of the Wild with it, um, and something funny happened to me in the store. So I'm going through the game section of Best Buy, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I'm looking through all the Nintendo Switch games, and I'm like, you know. Maybe I'll get that one, maybe I'll get this one. Didn't have Smash Brothers, by the way. Uh they sold out, which is good to see. Um, yeah, not surprised there. <laughs> good, but considering it's pretty close to its release. Also saw the the remake of Ocarina of Time for the D S. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The three D S or whatever. I wish it was on the Switch. I know. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, dang it, I got the wrong system again. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but you know, I'm browsing and then this guy comes in, uh, comes to the section, the video game section and he buys a Wii, I mean, a Nintendo switch, right? He buys the the switch and then, um, I guess, uh, a game, right? And so I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll I'll just go because I, I, I bought it online and then uh, I was doing the in-store pigo. And I was waiting for the, the in-store pickup line to die down a little bit before uh-huh. I stood in it. I wasn't really dying down, so I just decided to stand in line. And so, like, the, the, the two, there's two people in front of me, and the line's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And then the two people in front of me both pick up Nintendo Switches, <laughs> and then I pick up mine. So Best Buy just sold four Nintendo Switches while I was in the store. Yeah. And so I was like, oh okay. You it was know, Switch day. Yeah, there there must be something to this Switch, right? So I buy it and I bring it home and I'm playing it and that's when I finally understand. It clicked. It clicked. <laughs> that's when the, I finally, the switch click that you hear when you started yeah the snap <laughs> the, the, the joy con snap then, yeah. it finally, <laughs> then it finally hit me you know nintendo's finally back on their game they finally mm-hmm. understand how to make a system and they i mean they've always un- understood how to make video games i mean that's just their forte that's Definitely, what they're known for—they they make these specific games that nobody else can make, nobody else can even yep. make them close to making. And I gotta tell you, Tim, I was playing Super Mario Run—I mean uh, Odyssey, sorry—and such a good game, man. <laughs> That—that's when it hit me. It was like <laughs> I have—I have not had this much fun. Playing anything, I mean, I haven't had this much fun watching TV. You know, any TV shows, any movies. I have never had this. I haven't had this so this much fun. It's so so long playing <laughs> Super Mario Run. It's um, yeah. It's they they're, they finally this is it. Tim, they they finally made a great system after the Wii and the Wii U. Mm. It, 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 you got that Nintendo Magic back for you, huh? That <laughs> Nintendo Magic. Yeah, they... they oh, Tim, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how much... It's It's like... It's going to sound cheesy, but it's like I was a kitty and playing some Mario. <laughs> That's
2: what it's all about, man. And
1: <laughs> yeah. it, Like I said, I haven't had so much fun playing a video game, watching a movie, or watching a TV show or whatever. It's, it's just pure bliss. (laughs) It's, uh, with the switch, they finally, they finally done it. And it's so great to see such a great company like Nintendo get it, you know, Mm -hmm. because they already have the great software, but then their hardware hasn't really been so good.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, j- just to see the sort of integration of the software into the hardware and just uh, it's so much fun, Tim. I'm
2: speechless. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> wow, a great it's awesome. system. I, I knew I knew when you'd play Super Mario Odyssey that would be the yeah. reaction. I just cuz we were talking about how close it was to Mario 64 how we both love that game and it really is like the best sequel. Again, Speaking of someone who hasn't played Mario Galaxy, I know everyone raves about that game. I just never got around to playing that one. But Super Mario Odyssey is the, you know, the sequel for Mario 64 I've been waiting for. And any fan of that game I know would love Odyssey. It's just so, so much fun. Totally agree. Right. And I also bought uh, Breath of the Wild. Now, so, this I'm interested to hear because yeah. you started out, you were texting me saying, oh, man, this is loving the game. And then you got to a point where you got stuck, <laughs> yeah so. yeah,
1: I just ran into that wall, like I didn't even I didn't even see it Tim um for one thing, it's a great game it's it's probably one of the best games I've ever played, uh same thing with odyssey mm-hmm. um, some probably two of the best games I've ever played um you're
2: not wrong about that.
1: Uh, but going back to to Breath of the Wild, it's it's such a uh, you see this is what I kind of hope for, you know, with with uh, Nintendo, uh, I I just wanted to see them make an open world because mm-hmm. you know like like a, comp- uh, a company like Ubisoft can make a make an open world game like their Far Cry series or Assassin's Creed nowadays. But it doesn't have that same touch that Nintendo does, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So like, I wanted to see what they would do with an open world. And they hit the nail right on the head. They, they, <laughs> oh, they yes. made a perfect, a perfect open world. And uh, it's, it's so great just running around and having nothing to do in the game let's say you didn't fight anything you didn't mm. you didn't do any missions you didn't go to any goal you just ran in a single direction you you would find five things interesting to do <laughs> yep it's 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 so great it's it's just that there is a thing where I'm getting to the point where I don't have enough hearts, but yet. I, like, like like I'm getting one-shotted by mm, by these okay. fags, and I don't have the weapons to fight them. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you been going to a lot of the shrines and like completing yeah. those puzzles? Because that's why yeah, that's how you build up your heart.
1: Yeah, but uh, stamina. I, I am running into the robot ones, the robot shrines.
2: Mm, okay. So, yeah, some of them can be a little. Challenges some that are easy and some that are a little more challenging where you got to be, you know, have more health and better weapons and armor and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: That's such a great system too, the shrine system. Yeah,
2: it, it's it's so short and brief,
1: but. It's it's kind of like a Mario villain where you kind of can understand the 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 sort of. Uh, the puzzle nature, like the the the. Um, you, you, You can understand the pattern of what's going on, but it is complicated. still challenging to you. Yeah, like you get it right off the bat, like, okay, so I have to put the ball in the hole and then use the time stop thing to stop the conveyor belt so I can run across and, you know, uh, do whatever, right? But, and, and you get that immediately, but putting it into practice is a little more challenging. Yep. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's what I like about it. Um, such a, uh, every time I see a shrine, it's like, yeah, I'm going in there. Like, <laughs> I just can't help. Even yeah, if you're yeah. on your pathway to
2: something, shrine, got to stop and do it. But yeah, it,
1: it's not one of those things like, oh, I don't want to do it in the shrine. It's <laughs> like, so, you know what? I'm just going to forget about that one. I'm just going to go. But yeah, I, I, I ran into this wall where I have been, I don't I have four hearts, Tim. Oh yeah, you need yeah. <laughs> you gotta get more than and that. <laughs> every shrine I go into is uh fighting those laser robots. And I don't have the weapons to fight them. Mm. To to do any sort of significant damage.
2: So yeah, you gotta either go to different shrines or look for different ones. Have you done the first main dungeon yet?
1: I don't think so. Which one okay. is that?
2: Because the first one I did where you go to Zora's Domain. Have you gone there yet? It's like the water area was like the Mm. the fish species. No, not yet. Okay, because that's the first main dungeon. And we will probably set you off as far as getting, you know, some better equipment while you're there too. And that's like the first dungeon, the first big boss that you'll fight. So you might want to do, maybe start doing like at least the first main story mission. to maybe build up a little bit and maybe try doing some of those shrines again.
1: Yeah, I think I did. In um, you know, you visit the the old lady mm-hmm. in that uh, village. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I have a message from Princess Zelda mm-hmm. for you that I've been holding on to for like hundred years." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did do that. So, so that's where I am in the story. I've just yeah, been going very, around. very early. <laughs> yeah, I've just been going It's the open world, Tim. You, you know, it's. <laughs> I I just can't stop like looking in like every single little place. It's it's so weird. Like I have no I have no motivation. I mean, the motivation is there to to complete the game, to you know, see the story. But my mo- main motivation is to just explore the world, which is really odd, especially mm-hmm. like nowadays where we have all these open world games. But you you like Red Dead Redemption you know it's like you have this massive open world but you want to see the story that's your main thing right Mm -hmm. it seems like with with breath of the wild my sort of inclination is to not really pay attention to the story as much i mean I i want to see the story but my main motivation is to look at these shrines look into these shrines uh, I wonder what's on top of that mountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I wonder if there's no, yeah, anything I besides, in this abandoned house. You know?
2: Yeah, I totally get it. That's what's so great about the game, like you said. But yeah. at certain points, you're going to have to <laughs> do the story-based thing so you won't right. keep dying and progressing those harder... <laughs> areas on the map. I mean if you wanted to, Dane, you can go straight to the final castle and try to beat the boss if you wanted to. <laughs> that, that, that's what I
1: figured because you can see it the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you probably see... won't make it
2: through the courtyard, but
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's it is possible. Too.
1: Like I I'm going to the uh, mission um, objective, right? But mm-hmm. then on my way, it's like I'm running into um, enemies that are Seem to be higher level than me.
2: Yeah, certain areas are like that. That's happened to me. If you a little bit, kind of early yeah. on, I'd Kind of try to just avoid him at some point. <laughs> right, right. Like I've just been running away. Just run.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs>
2: but,
1: um. I had another point I was gonna make, but I told. Oh, finally, uh, a cooking system that is rewarding, <laughs> really rewarding. Yeah, um,
2: and it's very and simple
1: too. Right? The the music that when you're cooking, <laughs> uh-huh. it's that's right. The the greatest piece of little tiny snippet of music I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I
2: guess if you would have that would have made your top five video game pieces of music when we did that topic a few episodes ago. That one would have been on there. I take it now.
1: Yeah, yeah the, the the pans. <laughs> you know, clanking. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, one of the, uh, definitely the best open world I've ever played, open world game I've played, uh, followed by Red Dead Redemption 2.
2: Um, and yeah, okay. that's, <laughs> it. But- it just I makes me so happy that you're loving it as much as you are <laughs> <laughs> with both games. How far I'm, are you on Mario... <laughs> Mario. I'm getting Ma- my Italian voice is coming out. But
1: how far are you on Mario Odyssey? I'm at uh, the city, New Dunk
2: City. Okay, <laughs> oh, I love that level. Yeah. Um, it's so different from a Mario game, but yet it works so well. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: And, and here's the thing about Odyssey. It's the same thing over and over again. It's finding the moon. Yeah. Powering up the ship. So you can get to the next area, but they make such great worlds, such great levels mm-hmm. that you totally forget about that. Yeah. Such great puzzles too. Um, like I just finished the, the one with the millipedes, uh, the okay. extender millipedes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> ah, yeah. Like th- that one took me a while to figure out. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's like being a kid again. Um, They've they've made a great system, and I will tell you this, Tim. In the time that I've gotten the Switch, um, which is about a month, I'd say, yeah, a little less than a month. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before I got the, I, I got the Switch, I finished Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? Yeah. And there's a bunch of DLC. Red Dead Redemption 2 has the online.
2: Man, um, I haven't touched that yet. Like, yeah, kind of scared to <laughs> <Like, I don't laughs> jump want into that. that just right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I want to, though, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, the, the Spider-Man DLC. That
2: was um, one of the things haven't... I did over the break, finished all the Spider-Man DLC. I actually just finished the last one this past week.
1: Yeah. Still, st- still haven't um, touched those yet. But my point is is that ever since I got the Switch, I have not touched my PS4 or my <laughs> Xbox One. Um, yeah. It's, That's saying something, the, man. <laughs> the, the Nintendo Switch is. Uh, I wouldn't say. It's, it's hard to compare the three, right? Yeah. I mean, it's easy. It to, really it's, is its own thing. It's, it's easy to compare the Xbox and the PS4, but it's really hard to compare the. Those two with the switch it's a completely different thing it's you have these big games, but there are indie titles that That's another thing that surprised me too about the the eShop um, mm. there's a bunch of indie titles on there, besides the N- Nintendo first party um, so like I, I think there's FIfa on there um, but the though the wealth of indie games. And and games I I necessar- w I wouldn't necessarily wanna play on my PS4. Uh, I mean I wouldn't like wanna have to like turn on my PS four and play that, right? I think that's the Nintendo sorta of market right there. The indie games. Besides their first party games. Yeah, which it never has been before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of indie games which really surprised me, but um, it's its own thing, you know. They're not trying to compete with PS4 and Xbox. That's another thing that really hit me too is that they're not really trying to compete. Um, yeah, they made a handheld. They made it that can be projected onto the TV with HD graphics and you know all things that you can get on a PS4 or on an Xbox, but it's a totally different thing and they're not competing they're doing a different thing and that's where i think nintendo will succeed and that's what i think makes the switch really great is that they're not competing they made their own specific thing just like uh super mario odyssey and breath of the wild they made their own specific thing and i mean it's it's in the larger context of video games an open worlds and you know all this stuff but they made it their own and i think that's what makes the switch really great
2: yeah well i'm so glad mean <laughs> first of all that you got it and that you're enjoying it as much as i knew you would and for me one of the big things i was doing over the break too was playing my switch but one, the game I've been playing is plowing through with S- Smash Brothers, man. <laughs> I mean, once that game came out, I, I finished – I can't say all of Red Dead because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. I want to go back and do some more stuff in the campaign. But I finished the main story on Red Dead just in time for Smash Brothers to come out. And good thing I did because I've been devoting most of my video game playing time to Smash Brothers. And it's been, man, so much fun everything I wanted in this Smash Brothers game that's living up to its ultimate title so I mean Dan, every time you plop on your Switch and you, you always say that's every time I'm on that's what you see me doing <laughs> the yep. Smash Brothers Smash Brothers Smash Brothers I just Smash beat, Brothers I mean the gameplay is fun anyone who's played a Smash Brothers game knows what to expect but the roster of characters in here man it's just so cool to see all these characters <laughs> that you would never imagine being in the same game fighting with each other it's so good but the mode I've the really? most can, oh, can I, I say
1: something really quick? Mm.
2: I like how they have that... Um, I, don't,
1: I don't know what it is, because I didn't buy Wii. Um, that sort of, like... Woman from the
2: Get Fit games. Or oh, the Wii were. Fit trainer, Wii yeah. Fit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, so, that's so great.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Technically, a Nintendo characters, so Oh, You got it towards Smash Bros. I guess
1: Brothers.
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing the... Main single player campaign, the World of Light, and man, that thing or that mode is so long and huge. It's It was like almost like a Red Dead length, <laughs> like maybe just uh, like maybe twenty hours shorter than that. Because Red Dead is average like around sixty. I made it to about forty hours for the Smash Brothers World of Light. Wow. And it's there's not really a story to it, but it's just fun. It's it's a big world map that you got to go to. It's almost like a little bit like a RPG map or like a board game type thing where you pick what character you want to use and all the different areas on the board some of them are its own thing but a lot of them are specifically based on the video games that the characters in Smash Brothers appear in like there's a Street Fighter portion which is awesome you you board an airplane going through different continents just like the map on Street Fighter 2 which is really cool you got a Zelda themed level Castlevania theme uh, Donkey Kong country theme Mario like all those Classic games are incorporated into this massive overworld on the World of Light map, and you're basically just going there trying to rescue the, the – I shouldn't say just Nintendo characters <laughs> because there's third-party characters there also. But all the characters in the game, you got to work to awaken them to join your roster. That's a way, if you wanted to, to unlock the character's in Smash Brothers, to join the main roster for all the modes, you can do it just by completing World of Light. But there's other quicker ways to unlock them. But that's what you do, and then you collect the spirits, which is the you know the main mode in Smash Brothers is a spirit mode, which is pretty much your your stat power-ups, and each uh, spirit has different abilities that can improve your fighter. Give them protect them from status effects, boost their attack, boost their defense, their health, all that type of stuff. And all these spirits are based on video game characters, and the story is like you're awakening them from these like light and dark forces that imprison them. And once you you fight them, you awaken the spirit and you collect it, and you can equip it to your character. So it's just really fun for me. I found it addicting just trying to collect all these different spirits. There's over like a thousand of them in the entire game. So if that's something you like doing. You'll be there for a while. <laughs> but I just love how the The map and the level design was on World of Light. It really kept me wanted to, couldn't wait to see, you know, what video game themed area I'm going to go to next. And so it was a lot of fun. There was the one disappointing thing about it was the cutscenes. You just get one in the beginning, in the end, and maybe like very short ones close to the end, but they don't feature a lot of those Smash Brothers characters, which is disappointing because you get a really cool opening featuring a lot of the characters in a cool CG cutscene. And that's pretty much it. The ending was kind of disappointing. So uh, I won't say what it is, but there's really not much to spoil anyway. So (laughs) I would just caution anyone who hasn't finished World of Light yet. It's a fun experience, but don't expect a great payoff with the ending. (laughs) So it's a lot of fun. Now that I finished that, I'm working on doing classic mode, kind of like their arcade mode with each character and doing some online matches, which is I've been okay, haven't dominated, but haven't been awful either. Playing <laughs> online, it's been fun. So, yeah, I've been enjoying the heck out of Smash Brothers. It was everything I wanted it to be. And right now, I, I mentioned how I just finished the Spider Man feels for PS4 DLC. That was only after I finished the massive World of Lies single player campaign in Smash Brothers. It's just so much fun, and like I said, it took most of my video game playing time. It was all to Smash Brothers. I just love it so much and. I know you got it, Dane, but it, it didn't quite have that same click for you <laughs> like Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild has.
1: Yeah, it, it didn't really make that much sense, but I'm getting there, Tim, slowly. <laughs> um, I, st- I, I want to play with it, man. <laughs> I still have to unlock essentially almost all 75 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> characters, so however many there are,
2: um, but I'm getting there, Tim, slowly but surely. Um, hey, even if, uh, I'm not sure, it probably might, if we play online, you might unlock certain characters, because when you do certain different modes, after you're done, a challenger will appear to unlock the fighter, so you can do almost any mode, and after playing it for a little bit, you'll get a chance to unlock a new character. Oh, you know, I see. Um,
1: you know what I was wondering, though, like, how, how does Nintendo pick which Pokemon in I know <laughs> smash brothers because if you think about it every single pokemon can be in smash brothers yeah right?
2: there's so many yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i know the, they i'm not too familiar with a lot of the pokemon characters but to me it seems like they chose ones that are more fighter based um to be in smash brothers the one i guess that are dealing combat <laughs> in the pokemon universe at least that's what it seems like to me but not even just playable fighters. I mean, when you get those Pokeball items, and that, like, how do they choose which Pokemon to use for those? And <laughs> so they change it up every time there's a new Smash Brothers game. But yeah, that is a good question. I wonder that myself. You would think they would just make a Pokemon fighting game that's like Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, they have made Pokemon fighting games, but they're different in gameplay style. <laughs> wow. I, how does that work? I know. I haven't uh, really played them. There's uh, one that came out in the 64 Pokemon Stadium. That was yeah. the only one I really attempted to play, but I didn't even play it that much. I remember there was that Pokemon on um, N64. I
1: think it. I think it was the the Pokemon photography. Yeah, Pokemon
2: Snap. That game. Yeah, was Pokemon fun, Snap.
1: Actually. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, you 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 actually played it? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. It's just like you're on a roller coaster, right? And yeah, it's like, just an on rail. Like. <laughs> take a picture of
2: it yeah i think at the time it was just a way for like because they were only on handheld at the, before that and that was just a way to see pokemon like never before on a video game console <laughs> with those type of graphics and i think they just wanted to showcase looking at the pokemon like never before not but worried about actual gameplay of it just take some good pictures but yet it was still pretty fun and addicting too
1: <laughs> kind of want to get a n64 now just to play um
2: uh, Mario 64. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They don't have a virtual console on the Switch like they did the Wii and the Wii U where you can buy the old games from 64, Super Nintendo, and regular Nintendo. So, I mean, they have that when you sign up for their online service. They're, like, Nintendo, the NES, like, streaming type <laughs> service, almost like their Netflix <laughs> for old Nintendo games, which works pretty well. So, that'd be cool if they do that for the Super Nintendo and 64. But yeah. if they did, I imagine the price would go up for online service because <laughs> right now it's it's a really good deal. It's twenty bucks for the whole year.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing too. I I, I tried to play uh, uh, Metroid and I tried to play um, the original uh, Mario Brothers on uh, that 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 NES streaming thing, mm. and it works really really well. It works better than the the PS4 one at least. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I never really tried any of the other like streaming type gameplay stuff but i'm i imagine it should work really well when the older games that don't take <laughs> require that much you know memory to use to play it since their graphics are so you know old <laughs> but it makes for probably a smoother experience but so yeah i guess uh our most of our time during our break was dealt playing the Switch, which was awesome, but we still got to play together. That's why I want you to play Smash Brothers. And I know you got Mario Kart. I don't have Mario Kart, but I'll, I might have to take it from my brother and play it so we could play it together for a little bit.
1: That's another thing, too. Mario Kart, it's, <laughs> it's such a simple concept. You're just going around a track, but mm-hmm. they make it so fun with all the, the things you can pick up and um, the different customizations you can do to your, to your cart. Um, yeah.
2: Just makes it really, really fun. So. And yeah, the level designs on there, look especially Mario Kart 8, I played a few of them and it looks really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess if you could say we really endorse the switch, I've had it for almost two years now, but I I've enjoyed it, but Dane, even as a newcomer, I think I can safely say you wholeheartedly endorse it for anyone to pick up now.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, totally.
2: Um,
1: the, the the big thing for me was the price point. Um, I couldn't see spending three hundred dollars for something that I'm gonna play sparingly. But after picking it up, I'm exclusively playing it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is really weird. So yeah, I definitely endorse getting a getting a Nintendo Switch. This is a, Nite- uh, this is a Nintendo at its finest. They they're finally finally back on track. <laughs> um they they're making great games as always and they finally made
2: a great console. <laughs> so Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else you've done on the break scene did you go to any see any movies?
1: Um well I know which one you're talking about.
2: So I wasn't sure if you saw it or not. Uh, so no, I haven't seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Um <laughs> Still no Aquaman for Dave. <laughs> but
1: do you want to give people just a
2: quick overview? Yeah, because I saw it a second time, and because on our last episode we recorded the day I saw the Amazon preview screenings, and I did my non-spoiler thoughts on that one. But for this one, now that it's been out for over a month, gonna just talk a little bit more about some of the stuff I really enjoy. That may be is spoilers or whatnot, but yeah, just I saw it again last week, and it just cemented how much i really really enjoyed the movie just a whole lot of fun i mean they just took the aquaman mythos his world and just ran with it and that's what i love about it i mean atlanta's underwater visuals look great i mean you could say it's the story isn't wholeheartedly original and it's simple and that's fine because that's what aquaman story is i mean they stuck with the source material pretty well and they told his story and it worked for the movie and that's and That's fine with me. You're not going to get something that's wholeheartedly, like I said already, <laughs> that super original thing makes you go, oh, man, I've never seen a, this type of story before. But told in the way that it is in Aquaman with the visual spectacle, that being it's told in a different way that you really haven't seen before was how different Aquaman looks and plays out. But, yeah, it's just a whole lot of fun. I love the act, It's acting sequences, I think, are great. And man, One of the things I mentioned this in my non-spoiler review that I really loved about it was seeing Black Manta on screen, not only how he looked, which I raved about on my non-spoiler review, just seeing these characters I've seen so long only in animation and comics be brought to life on the big screen in such a cool way was awesome. But just how they developed Black Manta's story and him and Aquaman's rivalry, I thought was handled really, really well. That's probably my favorite aspect of the movie. And again, spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, but it begins with, you know, Black Manta and his father and their pirate crew you know, raiding a submarine and Aquaman goes to stop them and he takes them out. And there's this great moment where the action sequence, that's one of my favorite action sequences is actually that opening is the first one where Aquaman takes out that pirate crew and fights Black Manta and his father. This, again, I love how James Wan directed his action sequences. I just love how he shot it. It's really cool. There's the choreography and the way the camera's angled. It all looked great. But what I love about it is that sequence is once... Aquaman took down Black Manta and his father. Uh, his father, he gets his father trapped. Uh, he takes him down out he fires like a big rocket launcher into the into Aquaman. I think he's got him, but he survived it. He throws you know some type of pipe or like debris and just pins Black Manta's father to the wall and has him trapped there. And then as he's Aquaman's leaving. His father, or Black Manta's father, I should say, shoots another rocket launcher trying to hit Aquaman and misses, and it hits the sub, and now the whole area is being filled with water and it's leaking. So it, it, he's trapped and he's going to drown. So Black Manta goes to try to help his father, but there's debris stuck on him. He can't get out, and he calls to Aquaman and pleads for him, like, like help me save my father. Like you got to help me. You can't just leave us, leave him here to die. And Aquaman does something you don't know, see too many heroes do, but he just goes, hey, you killed innocent people, like. Like you, like you deserve this fate, like something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing here, but he just said, you killed innocent people. You kind of, you know, deserve this. I'm not going to help you here. And he just walks away and he leaves him to die. And black Manta can't help his father. And his father just tells him, no, you have to go, you have to live to kill him. <laughs> so reluctantly black Manta has to leave. And that's what starts, you know, his hatred for Aquaman. And it gets revealed that ocean master hired, uh, Black Manta and his father and their pirate crew to steal that sub because he wants to, you know, fake an attack against uh, the humans against Atlantis to make all everyone in Atlantis and the different realms there start a war and attack the surface world. So he's in league with Orm, and once uh, there's events that happens where. Aquaman and Mera escape Atlantis and Orm's on the hunt for them. He goes back to Black Manta and knowing that he wants to kill Aquaman for what he did to his father. And he provides him with all the tech he needs to create a suit. And man, it just looked so, so good. And I just love how it built up. Uh, the, like I said, the rivalry and the villain hero Relationship that Aquaman and Black Manta are going to have—it, it's—you could tell it started in this movie. It wasn't fully developed, but they planted the seeds and they laid the foundation to why, you know, Black Manta becomes Aquaman's arch nemesis. I just love the foundation that they laid for that, and it just makes me super excited for the sequel, which we know is going to come because Black or Aquaman is just killing it in the box office, which is awesome to see. Not only because I really like the movie, but Out of all the DC characters, not Batman, not Superman, not Wonder Woman in this DCEU era, it's Aquaman who has the biggest success is going to hit a billion at the box office. There's something very ironic, but yet awesome about that. So we know a sequel is coming. And I think it should just be the main villain should just be Black Manta because they set up so much for where he can carry his own movie as the main villain and what he could do to Arthur and to grow Arthur even more as a character. There's a lot of growth for Arthur In this movie. And and it was because of what happened with him in Black Manta. And I just loved all that. And I think we can be in for even more great stuff in the sequel if they go certain routes that I'm hoping for. So, yeah, I continue to love Aquaman. I see that twice. Like I said, just last week is the second time I saw and I can't wait to get it on 4k it's going to look amazing (laughs) i imagine it'll look amazing on your new tv day (laughs) so even if you rent it like 4k or something it's going to look incredible on your tv if you're going to wait to get it once it releases digitally but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing it again once it releases uh, for home which i think is going to be in march it hasn't officially been set yet but i think there's been some rumblings that the home release is going to be for march and i can't wait so yeah aquaman was a big success in my book I still don't know if it's going to be a movie for you, Dane. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. Um, this is, i know you like really deep, thought-provoking movies, and Aquaman really isn't that. He <laughs> just got to go into it looking for a fun, good Actually time movie. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Um, speaking of movies, though, that I did see, I and Tim, you—you're really—it's—it's um, it's probably going to be in the end end of the podcast. Oh, but <laughs> I. I've seen uh, Indiana Jones uh, uh, and the, the Temple of Doom. Uh-huh. I've seen Last Crusade. I've even seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull,
2: which I think is not as bad as everyone says it is. It's I don't like it, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, some ridiculous moments in it, but I still dig the, the the story for it. It's a fun Indiana Jones adventure still, even though there's yeah. some ridiculous moments like the monkey swinging scene. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but I've never seen Raiders, Ra- Raiders.
2: What? Yeah, I've
1: never seen <laughs> that, that is a shocker. Wow. Yeah. Um, I did finally see, see it. It's on Netflix. I think, uh, Temple of Doom and Last Crusade are also on Netflix. No, they're all on there. All four of them. Oh, well, you didn't, you don't need to see the fourth one, but.
2: Uh, see, everyone's. I saw tons of <laughs> tweets say that. I rolled my eyes every time. <laughs> Like, so, like, oh, you should only say three, or there's actually, you know, you misspelled the word three, or something <laughs> like that, wow, like,
1: come on. Um, but I finally saw Raider, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I don't know what took me so long, because it, it, it's just like the other uh, Indiana Jones movies. Um,
2: yeah, it's a good movie. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm curious, since it's the last one you saw, did seeing the other ones and kind of knowing what it's all about, did it take a little bit away from, you know, and you thinking of like how high I regard most moviegoers view that movie. Did you not kind of view it that way since you already seen the other ones before?
1: Uh, no, because I sort of grew up knowing that Temple of Doom and, you know, the last crusade were these, these great movies and it all came from Raiders of the lost Ark and, you know, these, so i figured it must have been good right yeah <laughs> so like i yeah finally saw it i i really like that beginning um, oh it's classic man <laughs> where, where he's going through the uh or he has to get that uh uh the idol head statue yeah, yeah the idol um and uh uh what's his name uh doc ock Oh, yeah. Alfred Molina. Alfred yeah. Molina. <laughs> I forget uh, his
2: character's name, though. Which that's what I'm trying to think. Of. Uh, what was his character's name? Yeah. Uh-huh. I totally forget, but
1: how he sort of betrays Indy, and then he walks into that uh, those spider yeah. things. <laughs> I love
2: the part, too. It says the the spiders are all over his back. You don't even know. <laughs> oh, man.
1: That was disgusting. Like He's like, hey, you have like a couple spiders on your back, and then, you know... Indy sort of wipes him off, and then like they they, they show him, and he has like eighty five spikes. Yeah, his... <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's but a great movie. Finally yeah, saw
1: it, that... got that done.
2: <laughs> but my favorite Indiana Jones movie is still The Last Crusade. I love that movie. I love that like, the Holy Grail is the MacGuffin of that movie, and this the dynamic between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery as father and son is classic man it's just yeah. so
1: so good that's the one with uh river phoenix isn't it yeah yeah he 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 wasn't in uh the tv show right oh no, uh, yeah okay so no i'm I'm not misremembering something no. <laughs> like, right right yeah because he's in the beginning that's where they start off the the movie right yep. yeah yeah
2: yeah, so well, well glad you've got to see a classic. And I know there's tons of like classic movies that I haven't seen that I eventually want to and probably need to see yeah. <laughs> at some point. So
1: I will say, uh, Temple of Doom has the greatest uh, Indiana Jones opening.
2: That is a good one, but <laughs> it's hard to top Raiders.
1: So. Yeah. The uh, sort of dance number. <laughs>
2: yeah, the <but I>, well, nightclub. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, besides that, um, nothing really.
2: Yeah, I guess the only other thing I did over the break was just it's more comic reading, of course. Um, one of the, going back to Nintendo, I after playing Smash Brothers, one of the things I wanted to do is I had for about a year or two now was some Zelda mangas. I had the Ocarina of Time one, and I thought the I got one for a link to the past, but it's not really a manga. I mean, it was you know written by a manga artist and writer, but it was published in the old Nintendo Power magazines when. Uh, the Link to the past first came out, so it wasn't your typical manga format, but it's okay, a question.
1: Yeah. Um did, does your comic does your comic store have um a manga there?
2: No, not really. Oh, okay. Unless there's a if it's a really small portion that I just miss every time I go in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I never really notice any of them.
1: Yeah, because um over here anyway. Uh our comic stores do sell manga. That's cool. And um, you see, because like I, I'm talking to the wrong person, because we both don't read manga.
2: Not very um, many. Not very often,
1: or many of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have the manga that reads like a Japanese book? You know how they read from back to front? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that's how the Zelda one was. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and and do you have manga that's in Japanese? No, I don't. Oh, okay.
2: Cuz I yeah, actually want to read the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right.
1: Uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, I mean it's it's only in specific uh import shops. Like we have these Japanese import shops. Um that's how I first played um Lunar. Oh, okay. Was the Japanese version. <laughs>
2: oh, wow. How how far did you make it on that? <laughs>
1: uh, well, it's it's really hard because most of that game I'd say his text.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's an RPG, man. <laughs> the basis of enjoyment is, you know, you have understanding the text. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and then I remember when I was in, uh, I was still in school, this kid had the uh, Game Boy, the Color Game Boy. Uh-huh. And then um, uh, he had one of the Pokemon games, um, the one where Pikachu follows you around not Sure, which color that is or which game that is, but
2: might be Pokemon uh, Yellow, maybe because that's the one I remember where he was oh, on the cup,
1: right? Co- right. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. But um, he had it before it came out in America, right? So, like, okay, uh, it was all in Japanese, <laughs> but, but but I figure like all those Pokemon games are the same game over and over again, so you don't really have to read it. Um, also, first time I read I didn't read it, but for, for the first time I um, sort of saw the Akira novel, uh, graphic novels okay. were in Japanese. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: So. yeah. so you have more manga experience than I do pretty much because I just really got the Star Wars manga adaptions. which are really cool. I love the artwork for those. And just, you know, the Zelda one I got. <laughs> those are yeah. really the only ones I know. And, you know, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan. i never gotten to collect the actual mangas of them. It would be cool one day to have that as a collection, but yeah. it's never got into it. But well, yeah, cause, hmm.
1: Yeah, I have some Gundam stuff in Japanese and then I have, uh, Akira in Japanese and English. So, okay. Is it Gundam wing? Uh, no, it's the older
2: one. Okay. Um,
1: what is that called? Gundam.
2: Well, uh, there was a lot of them. The original one is yeah. just mobile suit Gundam, isn't it? The very first one.
1: Yeah. The one, the, the, the one that looks like 70 sci-fi. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that one is. Yeah. That's okay. the one. Okay. Um, but yeah, just Gundam and Akira. Also, these Japanese import stores, they have like these Japanese Gundam models that are like 8,000 pieces. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They must look cool though. (laughs) Yeah. I kid you not. It took me like five years (laughs) when I was a kid to put that together. That's Um, awesome. I'll be so happy. uh, No, because I I got rid of it because the instructions are in Japanese. (laughs) So so you're going by look. You're going by look of the piece. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's eight thousand pieces. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No but yeah. It was worth it though. It was worth all that money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> at least look at some pictures to see what it could have looked like if <laughs> to put together well.
1: <laughs> oh, another thing I did uh over the over our break is um every couple of years and I did text you about this, but you had a really bad day, <laughs> it seemed like. Um uh, I did listen to Pinkerton again. Oh, uh-huh. and, and and what it, it, was it? Only me, Tim, or every time we played Red Dead Redemption 2 and they said, Oh, the other you know, Pinkertons <laughs> yeah. are on awesome yes. us. Like, you thought of Pinkerton? The yes, Pinkerton. it wasn't just you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I listened to Pinkerton again. I still don't understand it. I now and I I didn't follow up or ask you the question again because I wanted to hear your answer. Here mm-hmm. is the point of Pink, the Pinkerton album: the fact that they have this rawer, so, more raw sound, and seems like they don't care. Is that the point of Pinkerton?
2: See, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, maybe to a point where like they don't care what anyone thinks of what the songs sound like or, or about. Maybe that way. But heck, if that's if they didn't care, maybe they shouldn't care more often because we all know Pinkerton's one of their best, if not the best, yeah. <laughs> of Weezer. But I don't know. I never really took it as far as you know, some where they didn't care. Uh, I don't know. I
1: I I still don't get it why people think, um,
2: uh, Pinkerton is better than the Blue Album. I I like the more harder sound to it personally, right? Than the Blue Album, but you know, this is, might sound like. Sacrilegious and we hardcore Weezer fans, but the Blue album is probably my fourth favorite out of their discography. Yeah, this this podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> did you see that Saturday Night Live skit they had with Matt Damon and no. one of the cast members uh, arguing like one's an old like uh, she's a hard old school Weezer fan who only likes Blue and Pinkerton and the Matt Damon playing someone who's like, likes all is more like me who enjoys all their stuff, but can recognize some of their stuff. Wasn't, it's not quite as good as those early days. It was just fun argument which I'm sure a lot of Weezer fans have. <laughs> I think it just perfectly captured what their fan base is like. It was funny. <laughs> what do, How do you feel about, uh, the green one? I I like it. I thought it was a solid, you know, good comeback album for yeah. once they were on hiatus for oh, so long. It, it,
1: it was a really good comeback album. I mean, you, you, you had Hashpipe, and then you had Islands in the Sun.
2: Yeah, put it back on the uh, map for sure. Yeah,
1: so yeah, it's a, it's a great comeback album. I getting to the point where I don't like it because it's been it's uh, every time I turn on the radio, teams
2: <laughs> they're playing Islands in the Sun. Yeah, it is one of those songs that probably got overplayed. Yeah. <laughs> I will be with you there. It probably ranks somewhere in the middle, as far as my favorite Weezer albums. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I'd say the same thing but uh, definitely Blue Elms, my number one, followed by Pinkerton, followed by... Um, which one did you have me listen to? Was it uh, Everything? Yeah, Everything Will Be All Right in the yeah, End. Yeah, yeah. Followed by that one, and then Green Album.
2: Yeah, my would go Pinkerton. See, this is goes between that whole best versus favorites, because my favorite probably is Maladroit, but Pinkerton is a better album, but I find myself... There was a, the time Maladroid came out it was like a really cool time where they were putting out all these demos for it on their official website where you could just download I just I got really invested in like those demos and couldn't wait for that album because I was loving them and then when the album finally came out it was just really great to hear finished versions of those songs I've heard like a year ago <laughs> as demos So I have a really soft spot for Maladroid, but if, if we're talking about Best I'll go Pinkerton, Maladroit then everything will be alright in the end and then Blue Album as far as top four, if I go to top five, I'd probably put Green Apple as number five. What about Hurley? Hurley is at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Hurley is probably their weakest album, but it has one of my favorite songs of theirs ever. I think I really? told you this before, but <laughs> it's weird how sometimes your least favorite album can have one of your favorite songs <laughs> by a band on there. <laughs> what uh, song is that? It's called Unspoken. Unspoken. It starts off really like acoustics, uh, quiet song, but then it gets hard at the end, which I love.
1: That's another thing, too. Um, I listened to the, uh, I forget what the special edition is called um, of the Blue Album.
2: Okay. I think it's deluxe. I think it's just called like Blue Album Deluxe Edition oh, is or something it? like that.
1: Oh, okay. Um, they do that a lot. Uh, or a lot of the B sides on that album were acoustic. They, they start off yeah. as acoustic songs and then the electric guitars come in. Um,
2: yeah, and Weezer's B sides and his demo collections are some of them could be better than like the like the Hurley album. <laughs> like the, their weaker albums, like their demos and B sides are just so, so good. Like those early Maladroit demos, there could Maladroid could be like a triple album <laughs> with some of the songs they had. They were really good. So I just wish someday he would go back and finish them. Gotta listen to Maladroid. Yeah, listen to Maladroit. Even tried looking up like Maladroit demos, like some of the songs that didn't make it. A lot yeah. of them are so good. Songs like "Don't Pick on Me," "Mr. Taxman," "Porcupine," like uh, how was another one that I know the sound of. It, now I'm blanking on the name, but oh, listen up—that's what listen up's another really good one. Just a lot of good songs, that never saw the light of day, unfortunately. How's that new album coming along? I'm, I, I'm like excited, but. For it, because it's another color album, the black album that's been talked about for a while. But I will say the first two singles released haven't impressed me (laughs) too much, especially the first one. That's a song I do not like. Is that the the, second one? uh, Hustle, luego. Yeah, uh, Yeah. (laughs) don't knock the hustle is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. So, but I will say their singles for like the white album, which I think is really really good too. And like when I first heard, like I think it was. Thank God for Girls, and that one didn't really you know, get me excited for it, but I ended up loving that album. So hopefully it's the same where the singles aren't doing much, but once I hear the whole album, it'll be something good. They should go back and make another Pinkerton. I <laughs> believe me. Everyone wants them to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, hey, you got Pinkerton. No need to do it twice. I mean, yeah. that's why I felt like everything uh, All Right will be in the end and the White Album where you know, they're not Pinkerton, but they were – In a way, like the next step of where I'd like to see Weezer at that point, you know, being 15 years removed from it. Those albums I thought were great follow ups. Yeah.
1: Pinkerton does have my favorite Weezer
2: song. Which
1: one's that? Scorcho that nah, is it's a classic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it my, we covered uh, that song a lot when we played in the band. <laughs> well, it's, it, it seems like it's a really easy song. It is. Song it's to... so, <laughs> so easy, but yet so fun to play yeah. when you get to that chorus. It has my favorite lyric ever,
1: uh, which is, because I can't uh, even look in your eyes without shaking, and I ain't faking I'll bring home the turkey if you bring yeah. home the bacon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also, like one of my favorite lines is, "I asked you to go to the Green Day concert, <laughs> but you said you'd never heard of them." How cool, How cool is that? that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, 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 even like for for like the longest time, I never knew what um, uh, he was saying. Um, I just didn't understand it, um, and I I guess I didn't really bother to um, look it up, which is uh, the the watching grunge leg drop. Uh, new Jets oh, yeah. to a Press Table. Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, listening to... Um, oh, what's the name? Listening to, to Cho Cho San or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know what that is. Falling in Love all over again. <laughs> yeah, falling in Love all over again. Um, ah, so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Weezer has one of my favorite music videos, which is like the, the Undone. Uh, music video uh so the see, one take
2: yeah, yeah yeah that is a good one I mean, every, buddy holly is a classic it's kind sort of a happy day i also like the say it ain't so video it's just simple it reminded me of this one we used to play like at the home in a corner of <laughs> a spot at Home. we got someone coming in doing like laundry and stuff. Just, you can relate to like the all bands who just started out playing at home like that so i like the say it ain't so video too
1: also, and yeah, keep, the, keep the, fishing
2: with the Muppets, I mean, that's a good one too. The El Scorcho one is pretty
1: good. It's a simple, they, they, they look like they're just in an empty um, dance hall.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you got the lights flashing and the strobe lights going yeah.
1: on. <laughs> yeah, and what's great about those early Weezer videos is that you, could, you, you can clearly tell they don't want to be making a music video. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because you're yeah. not syncing up with what the song is doing. Yeah, especially and in "Undone."
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Joe. <laughs> I, I,
1: I think uh, Matt Sharp at one point is sitting on the ground yeah. <laughs> in "Undone."
2: They're going to say those slow video. You see Weezer, see singing, or Rivers, he's singing. Then all of a sudden, you don't see him singing anymore in the mic, but. The vocals are still going on the track. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. He's, or, not or saying, or he, it up.
1: he's not singing with passion. He's just muffing the words.
2: Plus, Brian Bell has a stormtrooper shirt in the Say So video, so gotta give him Oh, a point Does he? It. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the point where they're like out in the yard playing with his ball, <laughs> oh. he's wearing a stormtrooper shirt. But yeah,
1: uh, listen to Pinkerton again. Don't really understand it. Uh, I, I do understand people really love it. Um, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Blue Elm.
2: Still can't go wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the, the only other thing I did over the break, actually I'm cheating a little bit. I read this uh, like at the beginning of December, but I haven't really talked about it. And I finished it um, like not too long after in December, but um, was I finally read Batman White Knight by Sean Murphy. Um, I waited for it to be collected as a trade, and it was on sale. DC's having their holiday sale, so I got it there. Man, it was really good, Dane. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It was just when you think you can't do any more unique Batman stories after him being around for 80 years, they there's a story like this with White Knight. It was just really, really cool. And just going in directions you never seen before, paying homage to the classic Batman uh, stories i mean there's a lot of batman the animated series easter eggs and references there that i just ate up <laughs> but it's really really cool i highly recommend it so glad i read it and now i'm looking forward to a sequel because there's some plot points that they left open that could be cool to explore in the sequel which i hope they do but man it was just a really cool take scene because the premise of it joker gets reformed he's the hero and he kind of goes after batman and is being looked at as the villain and the reasons why batman kind of acts the way he does is so understandable by what he goes through and what happens to him in the book. So I just dug it all the way around. So, yeah, Batman White Knight was something I heard great things about, but at the same time just wanted to wait till it got collected in a trade. And, boy, I'm glad I I read it when I did because I loved it a lot. Looking forward to hopefully more in this Elseworlds universe that Sean Murphy's created for Batman. There's this really cool stuff going on in there.
1: Who wrote that, Sean Murphy? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The artwork was really great in it too. Just all around, just so good. (laughs) Like it's been a while since I read a different, you know, Elseworlds Batman story like this that really stuck with me and just you know got me excited for hopefully more of it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I was late to it, but definitely pick up White Knight if you haven't read it like I did. (laughs) So yeah, that's what we played, what we watched, what we listened to, and what we read (laughs) over the course of our break in in December and the last bit of 2018. But now we're ready to move on <laughs> into 2019 for hopefully some cool stuff going on and not only just Batman and DC stuff but just in the geek world in general. Like, We'll probably talk about it more on our next episode because our next one we want to do our you know look back or our best of and favorites of 2018. And I kind of want to do something a little different with it where not just – because before we just mainly do our favorite comics like write it, writers, artists and all that stuff and our least favorite. We'll kind of do that for still with favorite. Favorites, but I kind of want to get away from the dislikes and negatives type stuff. I want to keep say, it more positive.
1: Uh, can, can I say one more thing about the the Switch? Uh. <laughs> uh, so, so Surprises me that they have Doom and uh. <laughs> the, the new Wolfenstein <laughs> games on the eShop. They but... definitely
2: have more mature rated games on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that was a trip.
2: Yeah, well, it's yeah. good. Covering more bases on, you know, the video game landscape for gamers to pick up Switch. So I think it's working, too. (laughs) So, yeah, look out out for our favorites of 2018 in our next episode. But I was going to mention, I want to have it be more broad, like do favorite movies, favorite actual favorite comic series, favorite uh, video games and all that stuff. Be more broad than just like favorite comic stuff, which we've done before. So look forward to that in our next episode. But with that, we can go into a few new stories that uh, we got to. It's been kind of quiet on the DC Batman front since our last episode, but some stuff has come out. And the first one being that um, CW has officially ordered the pilot for Batwoman, which this kind of took me by surprise because I thought it was already ordered (laughs) and ready to go and announced. But I guess that wasn't the case, but it's officially a go now, so we'll be getting a pilot, I believe, in the fall this year. And what's cool about it is it's going to be directed by David Nutter, who's done, you know, a lot of uh, pilots directed. I think he did the pilot for Arrow 2, if I'm not mistaken. But he's done some of the CW shows, but he's also directed some Game of Thrones episodes as well. So he knows his way around making some good TV. So excited about that. Just kind of surprised that, you know, it wasn't officially a go yet until this was announced on the January 3rd. So we'll look forward to seeing the Batman or Batwoman pilot later this year. Yeah, which uh, I'm oh, go ahead. No, I am just gonna say, which as you know from our last episode, <laughs> we were seem to be one of the few who enjoyed <laughs> Batwoman's portrayal of the CW cross else worlds crossover last year. So I think we'll both be checking it out.
1: It still baffles me. I don't understand why, yeah, <laughs> people don't like it, but um, yeah, I'm on board for it just as long as they stay, they, they stay away from uh, the villain of the week or a bad relationship drama
2: we know it's going to have some type of relationship it? drama it's a cw show so yeah. <laughs> the question is bad
1: <laughs> no uh, felicity or Oliver, sort of yeah thing.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the other bit of news that i wanted to talk about was we got our first look and first uh, details on one of the animated movies coming out this year justice league versus the fatal five this should be the the one coming after reign of the superman, which is out later this month. But this one, I just got a lot more excited for it because first off, we're getting some familiar voice casts back. It's pretty much going to be a justice league animated series reunion, at least for some of the characters, because Kevin Conroy's back as Batman, Susan Eisenberg's back as Wonder Woman and, uh, See, I almost said uh, Tim Daly, (laughs) but uh, George Newbern, who voices Superman in Justice League, not Tim Daly, it will be voicing Superman in this uh, Justice League movie as well. And a bit of the story synopsis got revealed, too, which um, I wasn't expecting, but got me more excited about it because um, one of the newer Green Lanterns, Jessica Cruz, is going to be one of the main new characters to be featured in the movie. And... Reading it, I gotta say I wasn't a big fan of the Green Lanterns comic when Rebirth first started, but I did like some of the aspects of her character, and I hope they do with this or they deal with this aspect in the movie, where she gets the ring. When she gets it, she has trouble making constructs, like she just has trouble getting bringing her will out and making a construct. I have a feeling that could be something that might be a theme in this movie if she. This is a story where she first gets the ring and doesn't know how to properly use it. But by the time, of course, we get to the end of the episode, maybe she figures out how to control her will and make a construct. I think it could be pretty cool to see in a movie. But the official synopsis is is that um, the Justice League faces a powerful new threat, the Fatal Five. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman seek seek answers as the time-traveling trio of Mano, Persuader, and Thorok terrorize Metropolis in search of budding Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz. With her unwilling help, they aim to free remaining Fatal Five members, Emerald Empress and Validus, to carry out their sinister plan. But the Justice League has also discovered an ally from another time in the the peculiar Starboy. Breaming with volatile power could be the key to thwarting the Fatal Five, an epic battle against ultimate evil awaits. So not only getting the Jessica Cruz Green Lantern, but also uh, Starboy, who, you know, I'm familiar with the look he has as one of the Star Mans. There's a tons of Star <laughs> in D.C., but um, the art style looks good. It kind of has that Justice League feel to it. You get the Justice League Unlimited voice cast, and we get one of the newer Green Lanterns in here who looks to be a focal point of the story. So I'm excited for it. I don't think they have a release date for it just yet. It just said it's expected in the spring. So after Reign of the Superman, uh, we'll probably hear more about it and hopefully get a trailer. And the first look, that usually comes when the Blu-ray hits. So... Yeah, another movie to be excited about in the DC animated line. But this also got me thinking these haven't been officially announced, but some rumors have been <laughs> rumbling lately about what's coming in the future. And one of those being the long Halloween that I don't think it's going to be this year because already announced this late for uh, this year's lineup. But if we get the announcement of the long Halloween for 2020, that can be pretty awesome. So here's hoping that pans out. And also another rumor uh, as for Batman hush, which is coming out later this year. And b- what was said about hush is that it looks like it's going to take a page from the death of Superman and reign of Superman movies, where it's going to be set in that continuity. I'm just telling the hush story with, because the rumors that Jason O'Mara will be back as Batman, which makes me believe it's going to be set in that con- continuity. So I was hesitant about that at first, kind of like uh, death of Superman. Once that got revealed about the same time, they did such a great job with death of Superman that I think doing an adaption of Hush set in that universe would work just fine too. So we'll see if those rumors pan out, but stuff to be excited for, especially the long Halloween, um, doing an adaption of that, especially and the rumor about that is that that would be more of a comic book adaption, not set in the DC movie universe continuity, which I think for the long Halloween is some more so probably than Hush. I would want to see more faithfully adapted and have that art and visual style, um, uh, <laughs> see i'm getting names mixed up tim sale i almost said tim daly again <laughs> uh, well, i was just talking about it for super but tim sales art style they could capture that for an animated movie i think it'd be really great so yeah we'll see if those get announced we probably won't get an official announcement for the long halloween if it's true until comic-con like they always do but here's hoping that that is the case yeah. and sorry. i'm sorry go ahead
1: Dave. no i, I just had a, a a little comment for you um what if they said, yeah, we're going to do long Halloween. We're going to do all these classic Batman stories, but it's going to come out in 2027. <laughs> like, like, Would you be happy with that? Or would you rather than just lately, like, 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 there's not going to be any animated movies until 2027, but they're going to do long Halloween. They're going to do all these great Batman stories, right? Batman hush, um, Would you be okay
2: with that? Mm, You know what? I'll be okay if it was Nightfall (laughs) because that's (laughs) the one I've been waiting for. I've said that time and time again on this podcast. I'm waiting for some type of animated adaption of Nightfall. And if that was the case, I'd be okay. (laughs) But even, well, I guess even for these, you know, I got to have the attitude that it'll be worth the wait. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it'll be disappointing and a long wait, but in the end, hopefully it'll be worth it. But yeah. The, bat, the fan the me go like, no, especially when one of them is already announced. It's <laughs> like, can't have a pushback now. But if they were to say at Comic-Con coming in 2027, Batman Nightfall, uh, I would be okay with that. I would plenty of time, you know, for them to do what they want, get it right. But I'm sure there'll be some stuff in between to be excited for as well. And I've waited this long for a Nightfall movie adaption, so I <laughs> might so, as well wait eight more years. <laughs> oh,
1: wow, Tim. You would wait eight years with no more Batman animated or animated DC show uh, movies just so you could
2: see Nightfall. Yeah, we've gotten over 20 of them now, so I could rewatch them all over again. <laughs> That'll keep me busy.
1: <laughs> oh, and like uh, Warner Brothers actually talked with Disney slash Lucasfilm, and there's also <laughs> not going to be any Star Wars movies. Yeah. The, uh, e- even episode nine
2: until. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> Okay, well I gotta draw the line there (laughs) (laughs) one thing I'll mention too I forgot it's actually a cool feature one of the new things they announced for the DC Universe app is that I believe once I don't know if it's gonna start with Reign of the Superman but um, definitely moving forward this year with new animated movies is that once they come out digitally they'll be available to stream on the DC Universe app the day it comes out which I think is awesome and a really cool feature for the app to have so, yeah, <laughs> just another reason why I can't wait to get it once it does come on consoles. But I thought that was something worth mentioning, which is a really cool thing. If you're not able to buy the movie right away, it will be on the app for you to stream, which is awesome.
1: Just get it already, Tim. <laughs> it doesn't matter.
2: Yes, it, it doesn't does. not matter. For me, it does. <laughs> so,
1: so like, if, if they said, like, you had to turn in all your Batman the Animated Series DVDs slash Blu-ray <laughs> slash digital downloads and you could only get it through the dc app you still wouldn't get it
2: uh not if i have to give those up <laughs> <laughs> yeah see you always put the scenarios the hard scenarios that <laughs> makes me rethink when i go okay <laughs> you <win. laughs> i will say this it. though for the for the once the disney plus app comes out if that's not gonna be on consoles i'm gonna have to get a roku or something or whatever <laughs> is available for it right away because there's no way I'm gonna to wait to see the Mandalorian and the new Clone Wars episodes. I mean, that's just not gonna happen. I <laughs> no, they're they're only gonna release the, um, they're only gonna
1: release, release the Disney app on iPhones. <laughs> so so like you can only watch it on an iPhone. You you can't watch it on
2: on an iPad or on your computer.
1: And not your just TV.
2: any iPhone. It's only limited to the iPhone five. You have to have an old iPhone. 5.
1: <laughs> no, no, like um, you can't download it off download it off the store. Um, you can only get it if you get a brand new iPhone, whatever iPhone is coming out <laughs> this year or next year or whenever that DC. I mean, the the Disney app is coming out. And whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can only get it if you go into a store and
2: buy it buy a new iphone well i know when i'm getting a new phone <laughs> that's the case but whatever it takes
1: or the disney somehow does a deal with samsung and you can only get it
2: on a 80 inch tv you, you would have to buy a brand new tv to get it well star wars usually dictates when i get a new big screen tv so <laughs> maybe that'll be it yeah But anyway, that's it for our bits of news we wanted to talk about for this episode. And as always, we can move into our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. And Jordan has sent in an email. I was going to say first email of 2019, but technically it's not because he sent this email not too long after our last episode came out, which was on December 24th is when he sent this email. So we'll wait for our next one to have Jordan's first email of 2019. But for this one, he goes, hey, my bad brothers, I love Elseworlds so much. It is my favorite of the Arrowverse crossovers to date, and that's really saying something, given that I have loved them all. What really cements S-World as my number one, though, is going to Gotham City and meeting Batwoman. Ruby Rose kills it in her debut as the character. Well, now there's three of us, Dane, who liked her portrayal. Okay, <laughs> we got to side, <laughs> I especially love her interactions with Supergirl. I've always loved the friendship that Batgirl and Supergirl have going all the way back to when I saw the new Batman Adventures episode, Girls Night Out, for the first time as a kid. I'd love for them to develop a a similar dynamic between Batwoman and Supergirl in the Arrowverse, which it looks like they're going to do, given the world's finest tease we got. I was expecting Batwoman to be on Earth-38, making crossovers between her and Supergirl just a bit easier, so I was surprised in Elseworlds when we find out she's actually on Earth-1. I think there's a good chance those two Earths finally get merged into one next year, though, so it likely won't matter soon. I love seeing Psycho Pirate and Nora Freeze, too. Psycho Pirate is a villain I've really fallen in love with thanks to what Tom King has done with him in his Batman run, and it's so fantastic seeing him make his live-action debut. I love seeing all the Easter eggs for other Batman villains, too, my favorite being the Dark Knight Rises Bane mask. In general, I love how much this crossover pays homage to the Gotham City scenes being shot in Chicago like Batman Begins and the Dark Knight were. I also got such a kick out of the way Scarecrow's fear toxin is utilized, it reminds me of Injustice, where Superman is tricked into fighting Lois, thinking she's Doomsday due to Scarecrow's fear toxin. Supergirl already did a fantastic homage to the back at the end of the season two, when Superman was tricked into fighting Supergirl, thinking she was odd. But this felt like an even more nod to that horrifying moment from Injustice. The Ollie Barry swap makes for some truly fun, truly hilarious moments to like Barry or let me start that again. The Ollie and Barry swap makes for some truly com- hilarious moments too, like Barry getting revenge on Ollie for shooting him in the back. I also love getting to see Amazo, as I've been waiting to, waiting for that ever since season two of Arrow when we saw Ivo on a ship called the Amazo. It was super satisfying finally seeing that android Amazo. What a bat crossover. I'm super excited about the casting of Chris Messina as Victor Zazs. I'm familiar with Messina from two Ben Affleck films, Argo and Live by Night, both of which I love. I can't wait to see what he brings to one of Batman's creepiest villains. Because of his past experience with Affleck, perhaps that will help make the on-screen dynamic between Batman and Zaz really strong if we ever see a meeting between the two of them down the line in the DCEU. I'm super pumped to see how Zaz plays into the Birds of Prey and the fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. <laughs> and speaking of... uh Chris Messina playing Victor Zaz. Remember what I said in our last episode when we were talking about the casting, how I was hoping we get no longer the bald Victor Zazz but the full blonde-haired one I know from Nightfall? Yeah. Well, at the Golden Globes uh, last week, he was there sporting some blonde hair, just like Zaz did <laughs> <laughs> those early comics. So looks like that's going to be the case, which I'm glad for. But Jordan continues saying, I'm super excited about the Plastic Man movie, too. I could see it being somewhat similar in tone to Shazam!, and building on the hopeful success of that film. The Batman is no longer on Netflix, and it's not on the DC Universe digital service either, which is odd, because I thought the reason it got pulled from Netflix a while back was for the DC Universe digital service. What are now on Netflix, however, are all three Batman Unlimited movies, which feature Alistair Duncan repraising his role as Alfred from The Batman. So now it's a fantastic opportunity for you to catch up on those. Yeah, I'm surprised with that, because I thought... It was already on the DC Universe app when it launched. And like you said, Jordan, why it's not on Netflix anymore. But I imagine it would be on there eventually. And hopefully by the time I sign up, it will be on there so I can check out (laughs) that Black Mass episode. Speaking of Alfred, I realized I neglected to to include Alfred in my ranking of favorite Bat family members on my last email. I just had costume crime fighters in mind. But you are absolutely right that Alfred is 100% a member of the Bat family. And if we're including him, which in retrospect we should, and I apologize to Alfred for not doing so the first time around, he would rank fifth on my list as well. Just edging out Tim Drake. I absolutely love Batman number 60. Spoilers, Batman seems to be on the verge of finally discovering Bane's conspiracy against him, which means we're one step closer to Batman and Catwoman being able to get back together. I love the homage to the Dark Knight with Gordon taking out the bat signal. That's such a powerful moment. Seeing the penguin and outfit interact is batastic and reminds me a lot of the Batman, where they have a super interesting and hilarious dynamic. The final tease in Batman sixty is super intriguing. I am excited to find out what's going on with Thomas Wayne's Batman following up on that cliffhanger from the end of Batman fifty. Issue sixty one is absolutely batastic as well. It keeps us hanging on the Thomas issue, but it instead follows up on the horrifying story from Batman number thirty eight involving Matthew. After just two issues, I'm ready to say that Tom has created a Batman villain who ranks up there with the Joker, Scarecrow, and Professor Pig as one of the most terrifying. Throughout most of Batman 61, the issue had me scrambling to figure out what was going on, but towards the end, when I realized I was super blown away. Yeah, Batman 61, but a while ago, that was I was a little disappointed it didn't follow up on the Thomas Wayne uh, cliffhanger, so I could understand maybe what Tom King's doing, maybe want to build the tension there. But I I agree with Jordan where kind of it's kind of weird how it was playing out and what was going on. And I forgot about that villain Matthew, who was back in issue thirty eight, according to Jordan. I know it was early on, but I didn't remember exactly which which issue number it was. But he was a different type of villain being the crazy young kid. I wouldn't put him up there with the Joker Scarecrow just yet. Maybe Professor Pig. And I know Professor Pig plays an issue in issue uh, sixty two, which I haven't gotten yet, but We'll see how this story arc goes, but I'm just anxious to get back to that Thomas Wayne reveal. (laughs) But Jordan continues saying, I love Aquaman 2, Tim. Spoilers, it's truly one of the most visually awe-inspiring films I have ever seen, which continues a trend for the DCEU. It just oozes with Jason Momoa's Aquaman's wildly entertaining personality from start to finish. My favorite part of the movie is the Sicily sequence, My Two Jordan, that whole sequence with Black Mass chasing them. Oh, so good. <laughs> to me, it feels like an inverse of the No, no Man's Land scene in Wonder Woman. In Wonder Woman, we get a fantastic action scene and then the quieter scene in Veld where Diana and Steve really connect and Diana sees the beauty of the world away from the mascara. In Aquaman, we first get Arthur and Mara in Sicily where they really start to connect and Mara sees the beauty of the surface world. And then we get the bat action scene where Black Manta shows up and chases him. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way, but that is a cool way to look at it. Just kind of both movies doing similar things, just in opposite directions, but they both work really, really well. So good call on that one, Jordan. He also says, I love Arthur and Mara's banter throughout the movie, and I love that we get a callback at the beginning to Aquaman helping stop Steppenwolf and Justice League. Speaking of Black Manta... I love Nighthouse slash the President as Ocean Master, but for me Black Manta is the villain who truly steals the show. Aquaman reminds me of Green Lantern in that way. As much as I love Hector Hammond and Parallax in that film, I always love Sunestro even more. And because of that, I think a sequel would have been even more fantastic. I feel the same way about Aquaman, except in this case, I think a sequel is fortunately super likely. It's not just that Black Manta's action scene that's fantastic though. It's all the action right from the first one. Uh, early on early on in the film with chase meridian who was in a relationship with uh, 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 <laughs> i'm getting confused with his characters here. he mentions chase meridian being nicole kidman uh, in a relationship with avid sir temiwell morrison who obviously both played aquaman's parents in this film so no, i get what you're trying to say jordan <laughs> but as always he has a couple of questions to wrap up his email His first one is with north freeze having just appeared in elseworlds Young Justice is about to finally return, which all started in the pilot with a, a simultaneous attack by four ice-themed villains and winter officially upon us. I thought it would be a fantastic time to ask how you'd rank your top five favorite ice-themed villains in the DC universe. are number five, Louise Lincoln. She was the first version of Killer Frost I was introduced to thanks to the DCAU. Number four, Caitlin Snow. I love the struggle with the duality that the character undergoes on the flask and how she ultimately is redeemed as an antihero. Number three, Leonard Snart. I love how he's a villain with a coat of honor and his dynamic with the Flash. Number two, Dr. Blizzard. Uh, Legends is one of my favorite Justice League episodes. And number one, Victor Freeze. I've always adored the tragic aspects of his character. So yeah, for me, um, I will go number five. I'm going to pick the villain Icicle. Um, he was in the Smallville episode that dealt with the Justice Society. Then he was also in Young Justice as well, but um, had to pick... A, try to get some different ice villains on there. So even though I'm not too familiar with him, I have seen him in a few stuff. So he's number five. The number four, I'll go with Killer Frost from the DCAU. She was the first one I was exposed to as well. And she was just ruthless, just killing for the heck of it. In that episode where she kills Morgan Edge after rescuing Clayface. So she was the most ruthless Killer Frost I've seen. Then number three, I'll go with Killer Frost from The Flash, the Caitlyn Snow version. And number two, I'll go with Captain Cold. And number one, of course, how can it not be Mister Freeze? So, <laughs> those are my top five. So, Dane, I assume Mister Freeze is your number one. But any other, of course, ice cold villains who will rank up there, um,
1: particularly the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. Oh, I knew it. I knew that was From Batman be. and Robin. <laughs> um, ice villains? Um, no, not really. Yeah,
2: <laughs> if you're not really familiar with The Flash <laughs> like with Captain Cold and Killer Frost being involved sometimes with them, an icicle you're not really a, too many elder ice villains so right. as long as you got Mr. Freeze on there you're good but his second question is who are your top 5 favorite Dick Grayson voice actors mine are number 5 Lauren Lester number 4 Sean Mayer number 3 Jesse McCartney number 2 Jerry O'Connell number 1 Evan Sabara um, for me, I would go um, number five, Neil Patrick Harris from Under the Red Hood. I loved his Nightwing portrayal there. And number four, I'm going to go with Jesse McCartney from Young Justice. I, When I first heard I had a hard time picturing Jesse McCartney being good for Dick Grayson because I'm so used to his voice as a character in Kingdom Hearts and I never thought of Dick Grayson when I heard his voice as that character. And it's pretty much the same as it is in Young Justice, but um, it ended up uh, working really well and it came to a point where, you know, it didn't bother me that his voice was sounding like too much like a, that Kingdom Hearts character. He got into became, I should say, he came into his Dick Grayson role rather well as Young Justice went on. And again, just anxious to see it continue in Young Justice and Outsiders once I get that app. And number three, I'm going to go with Sean Mayer, who does Dick Grayson the DC animated movies, like from Son of Batman and that whole continuity. I believe that was his first one once they did Son of Batman. Number two, I'm gonna go with Scott Menville from Teen Titans. And then uh, number one is gotta be Lauren Lester. I've said time and time again how he's my definitive Dick Grayson, and that's never gonna change.
1: Uh from Oh, sorry about that. No, I accidentally hit my uh, my mic. Uh little thing. Um Uh, So that's 154. (laughs) (laughs) Might as Um, well get to five. (laughs) Um, I'm not not that familiar with Dick Grayson actors besides uh, uh, Lauren Lester. So, Mm. what I'm going to say is Jesse McCartney's music
2: career. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I'm glad I could recognize Jesse McCartney as a voice actor about uh, his music career which is <laughs> horrible early pop music. But good as he got away from that and got a good career <laughs> voicing some iconic characters like Dick Grace. <laughs> All right, so that's it for Jordan's email. As always he sends it Bat Cat Forever from the first kiss to the last, your Bat Brother Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. And as I said earlier, look forward to your first and many more emails in 2019. And with that, that can take us into our comment review section. And this one's actually kind of be kind of more of a recap of two issues. Um but as always, got kind of us about the spoiler warning there as I'm going to be going into some specific story aspects of the issue that we're going to be talking about. And our rating scale for this episode, what should it be, Dane? We got kind of got a lot to choose from from what we talked about <laughs> in this episode.
1: Hmm. Well, uh I'm not sure if we've done this before, but uh how, how about uh uh questions that Dane asked Tim? about the switch before he got the switch (laughs) there we go
2: dane or questions that dane asked him about the switch before he got the switch yeah and then got a switch because of the answer (laughs) we'll make it that long and complicated (laughs) no but for this episode it's mainly going to be a recap of detective comics issues 994 and 995 and it's been a while since i reviewed detective comics so I'm, I'm glad to be back on board reading Detective again because I, it's been a while since I got it once James Tinian's run ended. And I it's kind of been lackluster, i got to say. <laughs> I, haven't gotten, I haven't read them, but I read some reviews and kind of people were waiting for a new creative team to come on board. And thankfully, that is Peter Tomasi, who I'm a big fan of, especially with his work with Batman. So I was excited when he was announced he'd be coming on. To start with issue 994 and going all the way up to the milestone issue of Detective Comics 1000. And boy, he's getting his run off with a bang because I loved these first two issues. He's creating this mystery story here that is very intriguing. It starts off with Bruce and Gordon or Batman and Gordon, I should say, investigating a murder of a couple who have been made to look exactly like Thomas and Martha Wayne. Uh, They had surgery done to make them look like Bruce's parents their way their bodies are positioned to how they died or exactly like it. So someone knows Batman's history and they're creating this mystery as far as recreating his parents' death. And then that continues on in both issues as things happen to Batman that show someone knows who he is and doing all they can to really break him. And so in that, that first issue 994 after they're investigating those murders, um, Leslie Tompkins gets attacked by this strange like monster, who's like this big red creature and she's on the run from him trying to escape and Batman's trying to get to her in time. And he's a little too late. He capta as she jumps off the building, Batman catch- catches her, but she's been infected by the monster. When that issue ends with her with the Joker smiling and being infected with Joker talks and you just see her face be all white, like the Joker and have that big smile on her face. And the issue after that, 995 is probably even better than 994. Where Bruce takes Leslie to Batcave to try to, you know, get it better. He has his antitoxins for uh, Joker's gas, but once he gets there, the gases aren't working. Alfred prepares them, but they're just having no effect, and they just don't know what's going on. And we did get these great moments of Bruce reflecting on his relationship with Leslie, and while I think that is one of the more underrated, most important. Relationships that Batman has, that mother figure he had as a kid when his parents died. She, her, and Alfred were the first ones there to comfort him, and a a big thing happened because unless something happens at the end of the story, something changes. But Leslie tompkins dies in this issue, and it was a pretty powerful moment. Batman not accepting it, trying to bring her back, giving her CPR even though she was too far gone. Then this. Asking yeah. Alfred, you know, I just want to be alone, and that's where we get some of those flashback moments of how much Leslie meant to him and his life, and even Alfred too. There was a great moment where Alfred walks out of the Batcave and goes into the kitchen, and he just, he's reflecting on Leslie as well, and just sheds a tear. And as things can't get any worse for Bruce, there's a knock or knock on the door. The doorbell rings. I forget which exactly, but Alfred answers it, and we just see him get stabbed by by the by a sword. And it ends up being someone dressed up as Zorro, thus kind of harkening back to you know the night his parents died. They Bruce saw the Zorro movie, so it ends with Bruce. Um, you know, we know doesn't appear Alfred's gonna die, but just this whole aspect of figuring out who this who's behind all this. It's just such a great mystery, and I just love how Peter Tomasi is setting it up as someone who knows Bruce's history, the most important night of his life and the most important people. He's trying to, you know, recreate the worst night of his life and take away uh, the best, you know, comforts he got during that time. Like the only comforts he got were from Alfred and Leslie and someone's trying to take that away from him. So I just love that being the drugs of, you know, what's behind this mystery and who, can po- who could this possibly be? So I'm just fascinated, intrigued to find out how it's going to, you know, what's bruce's who's behind it how bruce is going to deal with this because you know losing leslie is going to be a big thing like i said we'll see if you know comics anything can happen in bringing someone back but if this sticks it's going to be interesting to see how bruce deals with this especially in what's going on in the events of batman i know they're both not really taking place you know coherently right now at the same time but Batman Bruce has been through so much with <laughs> this past year. And if this stuff sticks with Leslie and someone trying to recreate the worst night of his life, it's gonna do a number on him mentally. So there's some great stuff. Peter Tomasi's really creating a great mystery here and delving deep into, you know, the Batman mythos and what created Batman. So yeah, I'm loving it and this makes me more excited to what he's gonna do in Batman one thousand. So so far these first two issues, I'm gonna give it four and a half questions that dane asked him about the switch before he got the switch but then eventually got the switch (laughs) so yeah these issues are great i'm looking forward to finally be back reading detective comics again because it didn't feel right being so close to a thousand not getting them because they just haven't been great and i can't afford to be getting comics that aren't great so glad that detective comics is up there with batman as far as getting two great uh batman comics out now so yeah really really excited about what's to come on detective comics So yeah, that's going to do it for our first episode of 2019. So thanks to everybody for sticking with us. As our new title suggests, yes, guess we're still here and we're going to be here for the foreseeable future as long as we're able to. So (laughs) uh, with that, I'll throw it to
1: Dane to the outro as always. All right, just go over to the batmanuniverse.net, facebook.com slash batmanuniverse, Twitter handles at (laughs) at batmanuniverse, show us Twitter handles at batfanspodcast, Tim's Twitter handle is At TimG311 I'll say it At the beginning of the year And the, at the end of the year <laughs> Alright I got um, that <laughs> <forward> To look forward too And um My Twitter handle is At Dane says Banana. Uh You can rate and review us On iTunes And email the show At batfanswithoutpants At gmail.com So with that Like we say at the end Of every single episode Tim
2: We love each and every one of you With all of our bat And switch hearts
1: <laughs> Switch hearts <laughs> See you guys next time
2: See you later, everybody.